Welcome to the Ether. Today is Saturday, October 1st, 2022. Today on the Ether, part three of the three part Chepe Space. That's right, we made it. The exciting conclusion. What started out looking for coach ended up asking the question Do men deserve rights? Let's take a listen. But anyway, yeah, it's like you, you do get a good sense for like the nature of people and the wide, I would say like behavioral differences. Um, you it's know. hard to explain. Definitely. It is hard to explain. Like the dynamic, because it's, it's, it, it is definitely hard to explain because you just get a feel for it after you've been doing it for so long. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, you get a, 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 and even more of a feel for it, particularly if you deal with a lot of death. So like in our arena, like in the critical care side of things, like it's very common, right? Like we deal with someone that's dying, like literally I, I do a death certificate on people like every other day for our team. So like we we're talking about a lot of death, right? So right. it's not, um, it, 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 these circumstances happen all the time. So you get used to what that means. Um, but yeah, you, you try to like save people from various types of drama. Like, you know how it is like where someone's deteriorating and you know that if you took up the, vasopressor drugs and everything else. And, um, you try to save, you not save, but like you try to prolong this person who's going to die anyway, you know, they're going to, you know, maybe lose some fingers and toes. You might, um, you know, you're going to, in other words, you're, you're not really saving them from anything really. It's just simply nonsense, right? Like it's like to the person, it's not like you're basically almost infringing on the doctor's right to actually like, um, not do insane, torturous things by asking for things that make no sense. So while the patient thinks, oh yeah, like I'm being more hopeful or whatever, here you are inflicting some kind of weird torture on somebody that makes no sense at all. Now, fortunately, like fortunately, a lot of those patients who are that bad are actually in a coma anyway, and really wouldn't remember one way or the other. But I think it's not pleasant for families to have like um, a deteriorating family member whose body's going to look terrible and they have to deal with that. I just don't like that idea at all. I feel like they more like, Munchausen's by proxy now. Yeah, there's a lot of Munchausen by proxy for sure. But Steffi, do you think do you think that that should be in the doctor's that should be the doctor's decision? Um, I don't know. Like it depends. Like whether you believe it should be like a, a pilot's decision, right? So like if the if the engine's on fire, is it acceptable to have a pilot make a decision for 300 people that are going to get on the plane? Sure. Like in that example. People have no problem with it. But when it comes to patient-doctor relationships, there is this like sense in the Western culture, particularly like that um, basically like autonomy is super, super uh, relevant when in fact, like you might be the least possible qualified expert to make any decision whatsoever about your body or anybody else's. 
So with healthcare, like there is this sort of like concept of the maintenance of individuality, which is fine. Like I understand the philosophy. I get it. It's like as a libertarian myself, I understand, believe me, um, what that's all about. But it's just a weirdly paradoxical situation to be in where the very act of like preserving individuality makes for like a silly, weird Western death that wouldn't happen, like it would only happen because you have no idea what you're doing. Like it'd be no different than like, okay, like I want to preserve my individual liberties to get on the plane that's on fire. Okay, that I, makes no sense at all, right? Allergy, I, I don't see, I just, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Don't, don't take, don't get upset. No, what, what, I, what I mean is, is there an actual role for a professional or not is really the ultimate question. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess so. when it, with your analogy, like the fire, like I don't see the people who are trying to get on the plane, because uh, in that analogy, you're trying to use the people that are getting on the plane as the patient. Whereas I would argue that like the plane is the patient. Are you going to try and put that fire out? Well, I mean, it's just the, the analogy is just that way. So just like to make it painfully obvious how sure. absurd it is. I, I not so it. much, not so much because it's like the exact situation, obviously there is no other corollary for an exact situation. Yeah. So it's really funny. Right? You like, see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I got, into, I got into this debate with some people in a, in a bioethics class and year, a while ago and uh, about, euthanasia and you know like right to die and and you know dnrs and and all this kind of stuff and a lot of people see I, i'm very much like you know i believe that the doctor has a right to decline care if they don't want to you know if they don't want to get it give it in the sense like maybe they think it's out of their you know, they, yeah. maybe they just don't agree with it morally. But the, but the medical legal system, especially in most Western countries, um, doesn't really provide for much um, protection from drama is the reality. So <laughs> like most doctors, what they'll do in reality is they'll just say, fuck it and concede and do whatever the family wants. That's right. what they'll do. I understand. Here in Alabama, like there's a there's a hospital, there's a hospital, St. Vincent's, like they don't do abortions there. Like, if you need an abortion, yeah, you're not getting it there, right? Right, right. And doctors will decline that there. Now, I'm sure that they probably have somebody there for, like, emergency situations that will do it. I don't know. But my point being is, is that you're, you're allowed to decline that there, right? Even in, even in emergency situations. Well, I'm going to say emergency situations. I don't really no, know. and I don't, I don't have any problem but, if someone wants to die, by the way. Like, in other words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I, mean, I, I, meant, I meant more along the lines of, like, let's say that, that the patient is unconscious. You know, they're whatever. And there's no documentation about, you know, what they want done to them. Other, there's no DNR, anything, right? Yeah, are you gonna I, go? Are you gonna go out of your way to do everything that you can to save that patient, even beyond what you might? It, it depends. Or, or no. So depends. I'll give you an example. I'll give an example. Uh, so let's say someone's eighty, right, and they have like metastatic cancer on imaging, right? No, I'm not gonna get a, go out of my way to do very much. They're already sort of dying already. So even if they don't have any records or anything, I will, I will sort out how to establish sort of minimal stuff, right? It, like you're not obligated to do, you know, things that aren't likely to make someone better, especially if there's nobody around, like there's nobody else to speak for them. Um, if they're 20, though, and have um, a disease that I'm not sure about, for example, I don't know if I can save them or not, then I'm going to be way more uh, intense about it, right? You follow the difference. Like, if I have a really good sense of the prognosis, if the odds are so far against that it's just obnoxious, uh, 
um, then yeah, like I, I don't think it's a good idea to do like um, just go through the motions uh, just to do them. It just betrays any sort of sense of any kind of like rationality. It'd be no different if I was do, like doing a, I don't know, like, do you want a priest or a doctor at the end of the day, right? Do you want someone that's going to do like do various voodoo just to make you feel better? Or would you rather have someone that does something that's based in sort of some professional rationale, right? That's what you have to ask yourself. Um, and you can always find like wacky ass doctors to do all sorts of wacky ass shit, by the way. <laughs> like, it's not yeah, like those yeah. people aren't there. But this is but, this is where I have a this is where I feel like there's a very bad disconnect with like the American healthcare system and you know palliative palliative care and like or or even you know like uh, hospital. Well, actually, the the American system has some of the at this point some of the best use of palliative care. It's when I deal with non-Western patients. It's actually way worse, actually. You'd think it's like, oh, the Eastern medicine, they've like figured out karma and they figured out reincarnation and shit and they're going to be fine. Like if you look at upper class uh, or like if you look at foreign, um, uh, like non-American individuals who have like, they have money, especially like they have the, the, the wherewithal to pay for whatever they, whatever, whatever. That's like the least probable group of people to use palliative care which is interesting too. Like, so yeah, I haven't noticed that it's necessarily like um, a culturally very specific that like, let's say Americans are, are like wholesale against palliative care or something like that. But, I would say in the last 30 years, like Americans have become way more mature about this um, over the time that I've watched it. Yeah. Like the, what, what I meant, let me rephrase that. Then I guess what you're missing is like this idea that like, um, you know, so, so, so almost like a lot, you know, in states where you have things like, um, right to die, you know, or even, I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know the laws. Cause like I said, I live in Alabama, so I don't know the law. Yeah. The, that would be like California, Oregon, but, and Washington, I believe. Right. Well, there's not, there's uh, seven or nine states that'll have like, kind of like right to die laws. I know that's actually did a, a speech on it, but the the uh you know like the, when you start getting into like the ethics of these kinds of things like like i think i think you should have that decision like you know if a doc you know but then you start getting to this whole idea of like behind that is like well is the doctor giving up right like is the doctor giving up on the patient because you know if, if they agree to 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 write them a prescription for something that will kill them or or like not only that but what type of trust issues does that cause right between the doctor and the patient perhaps like let's say that the patient just decides that you know they want to do it yeah this idea that you're not, you're not sure what the motive is right you're just kind of like oh well, my doctor doesn't really give a shit he doesn't care if i die right like those sorts of that kind of thing you know because there's actually in the netherlands in the netherlands you're actually you can you can get a, a physician assisted suicide actually actual physician assisted suicide not just you know, uh, you know, some pills prescribed to you. No, no, no. The doctor will come there and inject you, right? And administer the medication. So you're talking about like straight up like... And in the Netherlands, like if you if you talk to people that have, have like some of the people that have bought these spaces from Netherlands, they're like, oh, everyone uses drugs and it's pretty common. Right, but... It's kind of funny. They have a different style about it. Yeah, but there you can actually get that even like even if you're just mentally just like depressed, like you can get euthanized you know and and that's that's so these, these kinds of questions i don't know like when i start hearing yeah when I'm it comes saying, to 
an interesting thing is, man, like on cognitive issues, this is the most like controversial, like, like hair raising, like pissing people off, like discussion that there ever would be. But take like, I kind of like one interesting statistic is schizophrenics. Like they have a 20 year lifespan shorter than everybody else. So the amount of suffering they go through in a sense, like with homelessness and other mayhem before they die is quite extreme. Like, you know, when you watch like movies like The Beautiful Mind or something like that, I don't know if you saw that with Russell Crowe and he's like, yeah, getting, like he's getting some schizophrenia meds and he's got real bad paranoia and hallucinations and shit. And like, you know, he's able to make it for a long time because his wife sort of like takes care of him and keeps an eye on him and all this sort of shit. That's like the minority, like the number of people that get that level of detailed care. So a lot of times what you'll notice is, is like in with healthcare movies, like or movies related to like, like uh, medical problems, you'll find like 95% of the time, the vastly more optimistic version of what that actually looks like than what's reality. So actually, like what happens is the public gets swayed into this mindset that, oh, like, you know, we have the ability to cure all sorts of interesting things and we can fix everything and life is, you know, perfect. And if you, you know, don't give up and like the, the standard movie mantra is always don't give up, don't give up. People love that in movies, right? They want to, they, they want the optimistic version. They don't want the pessimistic angle. They, they hate that. So it makes for a bad movie, quite frankly, right? Like, but in real, reality, like, it's like nothing like that to a large extent. So, yeah, like, but I see what you're saying. Like, yeah, what, what is the, like, you know, where does the, you know, where does the buck stop and how do you trust like so-and-so if they're liable to give up on you for some reason and um, all this kind of shit. So, yeah, there well, all the gray area stuff. Yeah. After the hospital, they go to long-term cares and SNFs. So then you've got, you've got LTACs, which is like the long-term acute care where they've got trachs and vents and they're pretty much like vegetables almost and they're just kept alive and then you've got the nursing homes so you've got long-term care where it's like their family can't take care of them and they're just all in this one place and that's where I started off first because first I went and got my LPN and you have like 20 to 30 patients to one nurse and like two CNAs and it's just and I met one CNA and I think he was from Cambodia and he said that there was no such thing as like nursing homes where he was from. Right. Exactly. Like most of these things you wouldn't, they don't even have running water in Cambodia. So it's not surprising. Yeah, no, but, but in significant portions of the world, like um, maintenance of a person with that level of deterioration is usually uncommon. And not only that, but like, so like, yeah, I see folks all the way through, like we deal with our teams deal with people at LTACs, and rehabs and everything. So we have a good sense of like the full breadth and depth of this. I would say probably about, um, Melanie, the folks you're talking about, like with proper selection, it's like maybe 80% of people make it off ventilator in those contexts because I usually won't send people to those places whose destiny is to become like a permanent right. brain damage state. I would say 95% of people I talk to um, their families do not want to maintain them in some sort of like permanently anoxic brain injured state. It's only like a small fraction of folks that like have this idea that they're going to like just have, you know, grandma look at the ceiling uh, with a trach. And like, you know, even if she has like the ability to open her eyes a little bit, but doesn't respond to anything, has substantial damage and everything in the brain, well, they're they wanting to maintain. A trach yeah. vent, a G-tube. Exactly. A pulley, it's like 
you know, everything. And they usually succumb too, by the way. It's not like this fantasy land where, oh yeah, they wake up one day or whatever. Like once you have a certain amount of damage, what usually happens is infections and wounds and all sorts of stuff eventually develop. You develop some sort of sepsis event and you die. So most of those cases where people don't wake up at an older age group, like if you're talking about 70 plus, people don't maintain that long, actually, even when you're trying to quote unquote, keep them alive. So it's a pretty meager existence. Number one, like you, let's say you were to do that to someone on purpose, like you put them in a prison, right? You put them, you trach them and you say, okay, you can only look up at the ceiling and here's your peg tube and here's whatever. And um, like, explain to me who, which religion, which God would tell you, yeah, that's a good maintenance thing to do to somebody like nobody, right? In that context, nobody would say this. But in the medical context, it's like, well, you know, they'll come up with their beliefs or something or some magical thinking that, you know, grandma's gonna be fine or whatever. It makes zero sense in some of those contexts. Yeah. But in a prison setting, you'd call that straight up torture, right? Like, no question about it. I think the big thing right now is the Sioux culture culture going on like and it's hitting the nursing field pretty bad right now too Rodon Devot. yeah that and like you know you had the one nurse uh in the east coast she had like 40 patients in a long-term care and she didn't do neuro checks on one of the patients or whatever but it's like you have 40 patients like how and so now but i've been noticing like families are starting to look for that now. So like at one of the long-term cares, one of the patients had fell, got sent to the hospital. And then um, the family sued, right? They settled out of court because that's, that's what they do. They settle out. And then the family sent her right back to the same facility. So if you were really worried about your family member, right, you wouldn't send them back to the same place you were worried about. But it's they know people are starting to be aware that places are just starting to like settle out instead of fighting in court. Yeah. A lot of these, but a lot of these hospital administrations and, and a lot of these, like these long-term care facilities and stuff, honestly, and like, I'm not not necessarily, I don't know this from like the the doctor perspective, but you know, but like from a nursing perspective, I mean, these people, these, these, the administrations don't care about your license. I mean, you are essentially, they'll just replace you. I mean, they don't care. They're, they're willing, they are willing to risk patient safety, and, you know, with like two, but also, you know, two, two or three piece, to one. Huh? There's another piece of the puzzle in that, um, yes, uh, they'll just do whatever it takes. But at the same time, the amount of reimbursement these places are getting is small, dropping like a rock, especially compared to inflation over the last 10 years. Sure. So it's, not, it's barely even worth taking care of anybody anymore from a monetary perspective. So yeah, the idea that you're going to get like, you know, this huge team of people looking after you in a nursing home, there's just a zero chance of this. Like, it or, makes no or why do you have a three or three or four to one in an ICU, you know, yeah. like yeah. patient to nurse ratio? Like that's so stupid. Yeah. It's usually one to two, one to one, that kind of thing. But yeah, the, the thing is like, you don't, there's not enough people in, in most countries to handle the number of elderly with the amount of like details. That and it's the only going to get worse. Want. Yeah, the details the public wants and what's actually possible is actually like two different things. So it's not just a function of like, you know, hospitals doing a bad job or whatever the hell it is. Like the reality is it's just not possible to pay for that many people to cover um, the way you think that it would be possible. So, yeah, it's like it it's uh, it's a never ending saga, basically. But like that's why like those kind of places I refuse to kind of like work in because it's just. Um, it, so would you prefer more like a, like a 1911 style Knickerbocker 
where I mean it's like for profit hospitals that you know only and if you can't pay you don't you can't come. I don't really know. Actually, I think that's what's going to happen to the most of the planet anyway. Because as as energy, like that's a whole other discussion. But like the the age of cheap energy, uh, make if it comes to an end, like yeah, that's how that's that's how it'll be again. Just like it, it was at the time, it'll be full cash only type of deal. Like most of the most of the countries, I'm now actually fine with it. In the world, like cash only. I mean, I'm I'm actually fine with it because honest to God, like you know, insurance prices and everything. Like I don't know, man. Like. Yeah, I mean, insurance at this point, is such getting a there. fucking stupid ass insurance, and how much the hospitals want to pay. Like that whole dynamic is just it fucks everybody. Yeah, the insurance system does not is not like benefiting anybody really. <laughs> like it's not benefiting you, the user, for sure. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, it's just a middleman taking an extra cut of the thing um, to deal with sort of like monetary risk management, essentially. But otherwise, it's not really. Like, yeah, it's, it's too much like of a siphon of funds that go to places that don't need it. Yeah. Well, we it's like primaries, like going to cash only over here in Arizona. So yeah, you have that all over the place happening. Yeah. It's because Medicare, Medicaid don't pay enough to nope. like warrant, a, uh, like it, it, they don't pay enough to maintain an office. So why would you even, you couldn't, you, in other words, you couldn't yes, run I'll the buy. Yeah. You couldn't, you can't run the business. So that's how in the United States, actually, that's how they're reneging on ultimately the the financial obligations to the public uh, most of the, much of the national debt is actually to the public and the way they'll do it is a mixture of inflation and a mixture of um not actually paying the medical professionals any higher because like nobody's actually getting paid anything extra than they were like five ten years ago it's about the same actually and what they'll do is they'll just make it so that like nobody actually wants to see anybody and then like you you'll you'll like you have this card that says oh i have medicare or whatever but you actually have nowhere to go that you can actually see anybody because there won't be any offices open. So that's kind of what's happening. Yeah, that's pretty much what's happening right now. It's been going on for about 10 years or more, uh, slowly and steadily. It's all predictable too. It's pretty obvious what was going to happen. Um, and that's why like when I train doctors and stuff, I specifically like tell them what kind of expectations they should have, like monetarily, how to deal with like, um, you know, and how to deal with these issues in the long run. Yeah. Very, very, uh, a very complicated world <laughs> and there's no really good solution there's no good solutions either it's not like oh if you if like it's just a matter of oh if we just got a republican in there or a democrat or whatever now nah, like get out of here like there this is basically a problem with the just what things cost like what the energy and material inputs are and where we get them from and um like long run short run you know prices will go up and down due to different things political things and inflation and this and that but the long arc is all about resources. And um, if we don't have a consistent source for those resources, well, guess what? Things go up. So I, I'm still not sure like the human experiment of like modern medicine isn't a short-lived one that like a thousand years from now, you might actually have very, very resource constrained sort of dystopias where these things aren't as available as you might think. Like, it's like interesting how like conversations always go, oh yeah, we're going to be making it. I was in, a, there's a spaces this morning and someone was saying, yeah, it's just a matter of time. And like the average age of everyone's going to be 120. Like, have you ever fucking met a hundred plus year old person? Like, like every bone in their body is like about to break, right? Like you, you, you literally have to fix, like you have to reverse every possible uh, organ and its deterioration to make you live that long and do well. Um, you know, it's like, this is uh, why I look forward for when we're like uploading our consciousness and shit. Yeah. 
yeah, just the metaverse. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And then yeah. it'll be like it'll be like altered carbon, where you can like download it into like a three D printed body. And you're assuming, of course, that like our minds are worth that kind of like computational power. Like, there's no evidence that that's the case necessarily. That someone's going to be like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to keep you alive for the next thousand years because you're." Oh, man, I'm a pessimist. <laughs> so in that regard, I don't think that's necessarily likely either. Which is funny. Um, yeah, who knows? But um, there's a. Did you ever watch True Detective, the first season? Uh, maybe with Matthew McConaughey and uh, fucking uh, what's his name, Woody Harrelson. I might have my whole philosophy. There's a, there's a line in the, the first episode and this kind of like my philosophy about life, death and all that. And it goes like this. <clears throat> uh, I believe that con and forgive me cause like I'm doing it from memory, but the, he, he says, uh, I believe that human consciousness is a tragic misstep in evolution that we became too self-aware nature created an aspect of nature separate from itself. We are things that should not exist by natural law. We, uh, we labor under the illusion of having a self. Uh, secretion, it's a secretion of sensory experience and feeling and programmed with total assurance that we are each somebody when in fact everybody's nobody. And he says, I think the honorable thing for our species to do, to do is deny our programming and to stop reproducing and to walk hand in hand into extinction with having one last midnight and brothers, brothers and sisters opting out of a raw deal. And like, that's pretty much my whole philosophy on, on life in general. Like if I ever get like a fucking terminal disease, terminal illness, I'm going to go bang a bunch of fucking hookers and shoot so like a, big, a little bit of, a little bit of hedonism before the end and, and shoot a big fucking load of goddamn smack in my arm and, and die, die in fucking a euphoric state. So, like I just don't care, you know what I mean, it, it, about about whether whether that happens to me. But I can understand where like other people, you know, have that whole yeah, sure. the idea of like, oh, you know, I wouldn't want my doctor to give up on me, like whether I'm ninety or whether no, I'm yeah. five, you know. But like at the end of the day, it's like I understand where you're coming from too, you know. Like I mean, everyone has their sort of like mental construct of like what it means to be alive and like what yeah, what doctors can do and all this kind of stuff. Shut up right? and let Milo talk. Oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, Milo, what's up? Hey, how's it going? I haven't been on in a while. You guys talking about long-term facilities? I think that yeah. they had a good idea um, that we should actually have long-term care facilities for people like you that want to die going out with a bang. So it's like a big hedonistic party, and you can get Fuck all. Fuck yeah, up. that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, like, I think I think this is another like line. Like I'm for lunk dow or whatever i'm gonna try and go on the landowner thing and get the lunk ranch but i think someone else should come up with like the lunk like long-term care where you like just put out of your complete misery and total happiness right yeah because all these exactly. other people I like, do a bunch of drugs right yeah lsd ayahuasca all that you know and just fucking be out of my gourd for like two or three days and then just fucking end it you know like i don't sit What's the problem? 
Well, I think all these other people that are were bitching about long term care, like basically it's a slaughterhouse. Like you're putting your old folks there so that they die and then you get your inheritance, right? That's that's the basic premise of it. Is there that's like putting them out to pasture, right? You're putting the old animals like there's a, out there's to a pasture. Huge, yeah, there's you, a huge you want them you want them to die. No one wants to say that like publicly but they just want these old people to die they can't they're wearing diapers they're pissing and shitting themselves they can't take care of themselves they just are they just need to go so they just put them in long-term care facilities and then i feel bad for the people that have to run the long-term slaughterhouses because they have to hold these high standards but really that's what it is you're putting old people there to die so that the inheritance can pass on to the family actually interestingly milo uh one thing so i i kind of briefly did a thing um, with like a nursing home style facility because i was interested in kind of what they're doing there and this and that and like um you know uh what what do doctors do there what do like you know what's happening at these places so i was kind of there for a few months just to sort of see um, a little bit about what's happening. And I was asked to kind of like, um, like, I guess be a director for this thing. And I was like, I don't know about that. Let me just, let me see what, what you people are doing here anyway. So I go to this thing and, um, what, what you'll notice is, is that like, um, like Melanie was saying, the number of actual staff per patient is relatively, um, low because technically if you needed an actual hospital, you'd just be in a hospital. If you're good enough to be at home, you'd be at home, but you're in this middle ground where it's like, you don't need 10 nurses looking after you. You need like one looking after a small group. Yeah. You're, you're not like totally one-to-one. You, you, you can't be because if you're at that level, you're just too sick to be there. Right. You're generally somewhat autonomous. You're, you're moving about, you're doing your thing, you're eating lunch, whatever. You're not having to be fed for every little thing. That's kind of usually where you, where people are. Right. Yeah, so, most of those people are all signed off on DNRs, anyways, right? Um, a lot, a lot of people are nowadays. Yeah, that's 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 true. A lot uh, of people do. Not all the time, though. Not all the time. Yeah. So here's the thing. So just imagine, um, here you are. You're you're a physician in this place, right? So if you work where I normally work, which is intensive care, like someone's really really sick, right? So they are you know, there is a concession that, okay, I'm really sick. This, this family member's really sick. You know, there's a high likelihood they're going to die no matter what is done because like, well, when you get that sick, that can happen. There's sort of like this concession that you're doing, the doctors and nurses are doing their best. They're, they're always getting attention, right? There's monitors beeping everywhere. There's nurses running around. There's doctors doing this and that pharmacists, blah, blah, blah. There's a show going on. There's a drama there, right? Always. But when it comes to the nursing home, that's not the case, right? You have, you know, uh, you know, one nurse and there's like eight patients or whatever the numbers are. And um, so it looks almost like the moment something bad happens, it looks like, oh, the, the nursing home just was derelict. They didn't take care of them, right? Because it's easy to make that accusation. And these are people that are really, really sick because actually, um, you know, most people don't want to put their families in a nursing home. In fact, like most People don't die in nursing homes, even to this day. Actually, most do not. Um, and so this, you're in this limbo place where, like, you know, maybe um, a family might think, you know, you know, they have unrealistic expectations sometimes about the nature of the place. They have unrealistic expectations about, like, 
whether this person can actually make it or not. And then when something bad happens, guess what? Oh, the doctor at a nursing home only visits usually once a week, which is typical. Uh, you know, a nurse maybe visits um, a lot less often, which is typical. But you're much more likely to blame someone in that context versus an ICU context. You see what I'm saying? So like, like you look at this, you know, swath of people, you're like, holy shit, this is just going to be like, all that's going to happen here is it's going to get me sued. Because it's like, the, you don't have the drama of an intensive care unit. You don't have like this active appearance that something's being done. So guess what? Like a family is going to say, hmm, <laughs> these people are just like not looking after this person or whatever. They haven't really conceded the idea that, well, there's a high probability something bad's going to happen no matter what, because that's just what happens when you get old, right? Like, and then everything is always the nursing home's fault, whether it is or not, it, it's going to be looked, it's going to be perceived that way. Does that make sense? So like, I looked at that, I'm like, uh, I'm not doing this. This is idiotic. Like, I, 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 have, I don't want to have any part in it. Not, not in the way that our like medical legal system works, right? Like no good deed goes unpunished in that system. There's no way. So like, it's not a surprise that you're not going to have like quality doctors and nurses wanting to work in nursing homes. You have to be a fucking moron to work there. Like it doesn't, like the system does not favor good people wanting to work there at all. You almost need like plausible deniability there too, right? (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, just think about how that plays out though. The system does not, is not set up in a way to, like reward people that work in that type of institution. So why in the world would they want to? So like, it's weird how like people don't think about it that way that like, if the quality of life for a doctor or nurse is terrible, guess what? They're not going to want to fucking go do that necessarily. Like it's a shocker. It's not the best job in the world. Right? Like that's a, that's something that is oftentimes misunderstood about this sort of thing. Like, uh, like that's a huge push in like us medicine. Like, Oh, let's make the, let's get the best possible, um, like what, like outcome from the patient as possible. Actually, if you have like typically doctors and nurses that are happy for whatever reason, you're actually much more likely to get good outcomes than, and a lot less turnover among nursing staff and among other staff. But what you get instead is you have a bunch of people that are pissed off. And now like you're walking into that as a patient is dead because like patient centered healthcare automatically means it's antagonistic to the actual medical profession in some ways. Like it's automatic. Like there's no way it can't be, which is a weird paradox to be in. It's a very weird situation. Like Melanie, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's like, don't, don't you feel that on a regular basis? All the time. We're like the nursing staff is kind of like the in-between. And we've talked about this before at work where it's like, the patients are like, Oh, it's the nurse's fault. And then the management's like, yeah, it is the nurse's fault. And we can just replace the nurse. Like we're kind of this in-between of like, we're this punching bag. Yeah. Like you can point the finger at us and what is management going to do? They're going to pamper the patient and patient's family. Right. Absolutely. That's exactly what they're going to do. Right. How it should be is that you should go and just get everything that you want. You want to get like all of your, um, I guess the fantasies looked after, then you get pumped full of drugs and then we leave you and take you out to the, the mountains. And then you go fend for yourself against a grizzly bear or a pack of wolves or a mountain lion. And then you go out as a, as a hero. That's like, that would, like a Spartan. You go yeah, that would be the best way to do it. in a circle of life. Then you're providing food. Maybe it's not good for the bears. If you're all like, fucked up on heroin or or drugs maybe that's not good for the animals that are going to consume your flesh 
but I, I think that that is a, a more decent way to to go out. It's Obviously, like a gladiator. Gladiator. It's a gladiator. Yeah, if you can't if you can't <laughs> if you can't even control your own bodily functions, then it's time to go. If you can walk and hike, you know, then go for a hike and go battle the bears or the wolves, and then be done with it. Yeah, it's it's weird, but like I do think though, uh, the optimistic side of this is that like there's definitely been a lot of progress made in finding a better balance point than it used to be like 20 years ago, for sure. Like when I was a student and everything, like it was a much different, um, like it was a much different environment then because like ventilators and all these neat technologies and things hadn't been around very long. So you had like, um, you just didn't have like a public maturity about it because there weren't enough people that had seen their own family members um, in ICUs yet. Nowadays, if you like meet an average family, like many people have had family members who've been through either intensive care or otherwise who have died and such. Cause like, I think something like in the United States, at least like 70 or 80% of people die in intensive care units. Like there, a lot of people come to die instead of at home or like accidentally or whatever. Cause you know, you have EMS, you have ambulances, you know, picking up everybody and, you know, trying to prevent them from dying. So it's not a surprise that you're more likely to die in a hospital in that context, which is what happened. But that also means that a lot of people have had that experience, right, over time. They've had a parent or a grandparent or somebody, um, you know, whoever. And it's much more likely they have been through that experience. And I think, like, the American public, at least, has become um, a definitely more mature than back in the, I would say, like, I don't know, like early 2000 time period, that sort of thing, like, or even like late, um, or even the nineties, especially. Um, so it's become like way more mature, I would say the mindset of the public, but obviously you'll have new people that are clueless. <laughs> like there's always some clueless individuals regardless, but overall, I think, um, uh, like both doctors, nurses, and patients have matured as far as like what's rational and what isn't. So it's not that bad anymore. Um, it's, it's certainly, um, and, and if you learn how to manage expectations really early with people, um, and know how to talk to them, it's a lot less, um, complicated, I think, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting world. Bruce, did I put you to sleep? Like, <laughs> Bruce, it's like, he's like, uh, lurking there. Addy and Bruce. No, I'm here. I'm listening to everything very carefully. I'm writing down key like, points in my little book and stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm also here. <laughs> I'm really drunk now. <laughs> yeah, so this is like a deep conversation for someone that's had too much champagne. Well, I drank the whole bottle of champagne and now I've moved on to something else because I'm so distraught over being painted as the mean girl of the space earlier. Yeah. So I to drink. Well, I, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, it's like, your, it's like your you penis expertise have... sort of like, like, I don't know. Like, I know, it um, makes everybody so upset. I'm being it, told that I'm, like, making everyone uncomfortable. Sorry. Yeah. Good was, fucking God. That was a... I did not expect that conversation today. It was like... Um, <laughs> was it Karma or somebody? He's like, I don't know. It's like the heat, most heated this has ever gotten. Like, what happened? Yeah, girls get so upset when you're talking about men because they think you're trying to fuck everybody. When you're really trying to have a real conversation about circumcision, because it's something that interests you, but like, whatever. No, people get hardcore about that. Bruce is, I think Bruce is saying that's right. Like, (laughs) if you happen to have one side or the other, it's like, you will come up with every possible reason to believe it. I know. I've been told by somebody that I've been 
confiding in that I took the wrong side on the circumcision argument, whatever. Like as if there's like a, as if there's like a right side. Yeah. As if Mm, the the, the right side apparently in this discussion was to be pro or like anti-circumcision, which like, I don't even care that much. The only reason I I was even like taking that stance is because I'm drunk. And sometimes I like to argue. I'm a girl that just likes to debate a little bit. And so I took a firm stance and then suddenly I'm getting ostracized. Yeah. You're like, just yeah. like taking the firm stance, even though I don't give a fuck about it, but whatever. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Like often, often I have these conversations and like my sole agenda is to make myself laugh or make others laugh. And I couldn't give a fuck about a piece of skin on a penis or something. Like, like I'm just generating these fucking arguments out of my head. Like, imagine a dead fish and it's being beheaded and, and like, the fish would still move. And that's the same as a, a circumcised penis, Addy. And, like, what the, like, I'm just, like, amused with myself. <laughs> and then it's, it's funny, like, uh, and then I was, I was, I was, I was completely busting the gut while you were saying that. I was yeah, just, but like, then, I couldn't contain myself. I was like, about oh, to Addy, myself. Addy. Addy, the only reason they're coming is because like the the brain to penis connection is severed, like the the neurons. Well, yeah, coach, it was it was you, you stupid fuck, that made me even get kind of upset about it because no. it had it had nothing to do Opposite. with circumcision and had quite literally nothing to do with that. It was the implication that perhaps the blowjobs I'm giving are not good enough to actually make somebody come, and the only reason they're coming is because they're just thinking about it, and that was what made me upset. It wasn't anything. <laughs> Else. <laughs> nothing else yeah but that's like that's my special skill that. though. that's my special skill it's like i can i can make myself laugh tremendously and also seem to activate all of the the regions of your brain i think seppi said before uh i'm extremely good at that kind of thing but it's it's funny like to have a conversation <laughs> like that and then like you get to the end and you realize that people are actually like really fucking serious and heard or whatever well yeah fucking, fucking clearly according to like all the things that i've been called to because everybody is so damn serious about circumcision bruce Bruce knows both sides of the argument like he already knows both this this objective argument he knows both sides of it so it's easy for him to trigger either group like let's say he was going to go pro circumcision he would have done that shit too (laughs) like if you if you in spaces with me a a long enough time Seth, you'll realize i have no real stances about anything it just reconfigures to to make myself giggle even something like um i don't know buddhism or meditation or something i'll be really anti at some point i'll be really anti it like i'll take down the fucking buddha i'll insult him i'll call him a fucking weirdo pimp (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) it's like (laughs) but it's like funny because like when you see both sides of the argument like the for and the against it's so easy to create an argument like either way that's what i say about like people who are like very like right or left wing politics. It's so easy to make them do things for you. Like all you have to know is like the the right buzzwords to use, the right like values that they um kind of hold so that you can kind of package whatever the hell you want done in like the language of that particular uh, group. And it's actually fairly easy. Um it's actually quite pathetic how easy it is to like manipulate people into doing anything you want. It's it's actually kind of sad. So that's why it's it's funny humorously too. But it's also just like what marketing is, right? It's like, it's just what it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait for the anti-Buddhist version of this uh, at some point. <laughs> oh, I said to like my, my meditation students and stuff. It's very interesting. 
I'm I like, we'll have a conversation and there'll be something kind of scriptural about the, like the Buddhist texts and stuff. They might ask something and I'll end up redirecting the conversation into like, you know, the reason why um, the Buddha came up with the 10 precepts and like the, the concept of, of, you know, living in a monastery and all that stuff and why he encouraged all that. It was to separate, it was to segregate the genders. So he'd have open access to all the females. And also he'd make the, all the males um, who were following the 10 precepts, one of them is like no sexual behavior and stuff, to, it, he'd make all the males feel ashamed of having sexual contact. So it's like he was manufacturing the situation where he could fuck the most nuns possible. And I go into like some extreme depth of like why he did it and how and stuff. And they're looking at me like shocked. And then I like move on like, okay, we'll meditate now. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, um, it's like, and then I'll say shit, I'll say shit like, I'll say shit like, even though he was like this kind of promiscuous guy, it doesn't mean that meditation isn't useful. Like I'll, I'll make it sound as if I've just navigated some, some common dichotomy of thinking or something. <laughs> It's really fucking stupid. Wait, can I ask you guys a question? You navigated this minefield, but you've come to the conclusion. Oh my god, this is Yeah, you take the good, but you appreciate that that guy's a fucking, he's a rogue. Go ahead, Ali. Um, if I, okay, so if I'm on a space, because I've never done this before. If I'm on a space, and then I make a phone call in the background, does the phone call work? Or does it not work? Or does everybody on this space hear what I'm saying because I'm talking <laughs> yeah. to my? No, no, it just we can, it just we can uh, hear everything you're saying. We hear Wait, everything. Like, why are you laughing? Do you have laughing? something to hide? Why are you? Why are you laughing? Like you because speak sexually here. Hilarious. Like why can't we just? Can we hear some frog cyber sex? That'd be cool. <laughs> no, I think it would be embarrassing. <laughs> I sp- I mean, well, okay. Don't say I speak sexually on here because then it's gonna prove every all of the bitches that have been coming from my throat right tonight that I'm trying to like make everybody hard when I talk, which is not the case. I'm simply talking how I normally talk and would talk in real life. But see, if I were to have cyber sex, phone sex on here, that would be completely different because then it would be like clearly when I'm having phone sex, I am trying to make somebody hard. And I think the discussions would probably maybe go a little bit further than I would go on here. Mm, no, I, I also don't want to get made fun of like tomorrow when I come back on and have everyone be like, oh, Addie, boo, you said this. Like, I don't want to be humiliated Yeah, by you guys. Yeah. Sometimes there've been a few cases in these spaces where I've removed people because they've been seem to accidentally share conversations. Like they've had microphone. Like I removed uh, Katie a few days ago because oh, yeah. like her, she unmuted. Then she was like, "You whore!" <laughs> something to, to the gay guy. Like I, I thought she was saying like the gay guy had snuck off to like suck a dick or something, um, and she was like really mad at him. Uh, but like. She told me she was joking afterwards, but it was like I, I removed her instantly in case it was like going to be some shameful argument or something. It's going to shame well, him. Well, some Safi would be probably the only one that would be able to remove me, right? Since I'm a co-host. Uh, I don't know. Well, well whatever. We can meet. Well, do you guys can? Can somebody answer? Well, nobody even knows if he's going to answer my phone call. He'll probably ignore it. No, <laughs> but no. Well, like, like if you use but, another phone call in spaces, well. Uh, Yes, yeah. it all that can happen. Sometimes it'll disconnect you, so you might have to reconnect back. Yeah, and there's no risk. There's but no with a phone call. You it guys just takes over hear the audio. What I'm saying? No, it just takes over the audio. Um, okay. And, and so also, you're... if you have a phone call, you'll notice that the background of the Twitter Spaces just disappears. Oh, so I won't. Anything. I won't hear you guys. No, it's like one one stream. There are not two at the same time. 
So yeah, okay. we won't we won't hear you. Do you guys pro- you guys promise you're not just saying that so that I start the phone call? And it's like no, I'm but like, like but giving but like, everybody on here like audio porn. No, but I don't think it matters anyway. Like even if you do like finger yourself and whatever, like we're all friends here. <laughs> No, it does matter. Yeah, given that's what if we're going to judge you. Get out no. of here. Like the, the, the it bitchy does matter. Left. Given, given the words I've been called tonight by no. some women, it does matter. Okay? No, no, no. All, Otherwise, all the, all I'm going to be the core like of the Twitter daddy. spaces. So, it Listen, matters. And whatever. Just embrace your inner horror or whatever. It doesn't matter. Listen, we, it's not like we're going to sit here and judge you either way. Neither, neither, of you, neither of you fuckers came to my defense in I these did. group chats when people are Come being on, like Addie's a fucking whore Addie's saying this because there's Listen, blah, 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 blah. nobody's defending because you. if I we go and mansplain sick. this away like we try to defend you we're gonna see Addie, like, I did I did yeah coach did actually barely 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 and the even thing for is that, like even for that I got bitching in my dms how dare you <laughs> no uh, but what it was is Addie was uh, like I was like yeah she's right so I'm just gonna let her carry on <laughs> So, well, you know what, like, Steffi, you know what you should have done? Instead of DMing me the medical study where I'm correct, you should have DMed the group chat the medical study where I'm correct. I did. I think you got booted or something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Okay. I don't think anyone read it, but that's like Yeah, I got booted because fucking she blocked me. <laughs> so. That's a bit aggro. Yeah, like guys. I would, I would not have. Like, I would not have expected that. But anyway, everyone's being so dramatic about me, like just talking about circumcision. Like, holy shit! I'm not trying to make anyone like horny by talking about skin mm. getting cut off of a dick. I would well, choose I would something else if I were trying to make people horny. I could easily make everybody in this in this fucking space have a boner if I wanted to. Go on then. I, Go on then. <laughs> Challenge, please, please, please dude. Challenge. Thank you. Challenge if accepted. Let's if see you, if you can think do you're it. such a fucking like big shot that you can make yeah. everyone have a on well, Listen, no. big shot. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. I just know that I could. But the point That's is That's convenient. Oh, I, I can do it, but I'm not going to. But like no, everyone should know that I'm this big fucking shot who can arouse like, any man around the world. No, you're trying to like neg me into doing it now and it's not gonna work. <laughs> No, it was your claim. You made the claim. We just Actually, said, yeah. I didn't even make the claim. Somebody else made the claim that I'm That's... trying to, like, everybody's getting boners from when you talk. <laughs> like, yeah, we could do, like, a grade A LARPing session or something. Like, I don't know. Um, like, this could be one of them, I suppose. We have to make well, a list. No, I can't start, start, like, LARPing and doing this because then it's just going to be, like, I'm letting all of the OnlyFans motherfuckers win. If I start yeah, especially if you're not here, getting paid like, for it. Jesus, yeah, like, if you're going to do yeah, all that shit, you might as well get then paid. Then they're just getting the yeah, it's like like, free otherwise. audio equivalent of the OnlyFans content when I'm not even doing anything and getting paid. So why would I? Like, I'm never going to do that. But I'm just saying, if I wanted to intentionally make people get boners, I would not have an issue doing it. So the implication that I'm... That I'm that this is this is how I'm doing it intentionally is frankly yeah, insulting. I think this was a pretty scientific uh, discussion. Like, That's what was I was pretty, saying, yeah. Steffi, and you should have defended me. And you know what? I think you should go in right now. I was. Now. No, no one would let me talk. Everyone like no, screamed I'm and then ran away. In this, in this chat, you should defend me because I'm not being defended, and I don't think it's appropriate for a woman to have to stand up for herself. I'm sitting in here arguing my ass off, being like. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I thought it was X Y Z. X Y Z. Hey, listen. Usually, like Ava, who's a sleepover, <laughs> or Kate, would have been like all over. 
like defending you from me or Bruce. You know that's the case. Well, right? no, <laughs> like, not necessarily because go no. and look who, go and look at who's defending Miss Kate in the group chat. Like ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sorry that oh, I don't want to like fuck any of the men in here, but just because somebody does doesn't mean they need to be rude to the other women. It's ridiculous. My goodness. <laughs> like I have people I fuck in real life. I don't think I need to be like worried about fucking people on Twitter spaces, but yeah, that's thanks. I guess. Yeah. That's goodness. legitimately true. Yeah, like, what the fuck? I don't understand why people think that I'm, like, coming in here, like, saying certain things to try to, like, I don't know, fucking find a mate or whatever the fuck. Like, when I have people in real life, <laughs> in real life, that I'm dating and sleeping with. Like, what What the fuck? It's just illogical. I do so like when you've had too much booze, though. You're actually quite funny. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I'm like, well, I was like, first I was just drunk. And now I'm like, I'm going to just keep drinking because I'm upset. And I'm sitting on here and I'm debating, oh, should I call Frog? I really want to call him. But then I'm like, mm, I'm going to get upset if he doesn't pick up the phone. And his voicemail box is full, so I can't even leave a voicemail. And it's incredibly humiliating to text somebody after they don't pick up the phone. And it doesn't have the same effect as leaving a voicemail, whereas if I left a voicemail... That sounds very complicated. Then at least he can, like, you know, listen to my nice little voice, and then he listens to it, and he's like, oh, you know, I want to call her. <laughs> he just sees my text. He's like, oh, she's drunk. So it's really complicated. Well, he did that drunk call with you, so you can do the same back. It's cool. I know. I should just drunk call him. He's like, she's drunk calling me. Am I your boyfriend? Am I your boyfriend? <laughs> Am I your boyfriend? Are we dating? Are we dating? Are we dating? Are we dating? Like, fuck you. You should answer my phone calls. Yeah, just whatever. Oh, my God. Well, if he was listening now, he's definitely not going to pick up now that I just said all of that. But whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess he could. Like, Sorry, I feel like I'm like kind of like not like super hammered, but I'm pretty drunk. Yeah, pretty uninhibited, I would say. Well, everybody has been kind of like annoying me today. Not today, but just like I think I tried to like scientifically defend you. Well, no, not no. Melanie. I, I don't know anything I about the group chat Melanie. thing. <laughs> Melanie, I tried. You, I don't think you could ever do anything that would make me upset. I love you. It was everybody else Aww. that was just making me feel upset, but it's fine. <laughs> Whatever. We can just go and put Foley catheters in all of them. Thank you. I would I would love to participate in that. I don't have my nursing degree. I'm not a doctor, but I know what a Foley is, and I would love to place them with you because I think it would make everybody feel super uncomfortable. And, <laughs> you know, I'm really obsessed with these uncomfortable med medical procedures. So I'm going to add Foley to my list of things that I would like to do. It's going to be Trake is still going to be number one, Trake with a ballpoint, but... Um, I would love to do that with you. That would be a fun bonding experience. Let's do it. <laughs> and then we can like use the biggest catheter that we have and just insert it into everybody. Everyone will be screaming, please, can I get some pain medication? <laughs> and I'll say no, because you, you were mean to me in a Twitter space. <laughs> and then you can say, does your uncircumcised penis feel anything now? <laughs> And they'll be crying and they'll be like, you were right. You were right the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> Melanie, that made me feel so much better. 
<laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I got kind of heated. Like Kate just know, like, what freaked the- out, and then I was like, uh... "I know." I'm like, "Come on, guys." You know what? Maybe she has an <sighs> uncircumcised penis. We don't know about. Yeah, he's that's very true. sensitive about it, so we have to be sensitive towards. You know. I know. I should have. Uh, I will admit, I was wrong to say what I said, but. Um, yeah, it seems like an outsized reaction in my opinion, but then again, I do talk about sex more than others. So I still think you're going to have a harder and harder time. Like the longer you hang out with us, the harder it is going to (laughs) be when, when, uh, you're going to have, you're going to like, you're going to compare like every other, uh, uh, like random date or whatever to this group, like as a whole, like as this one Steffi, singular person. Yeah, just like, in this internet. Uh, you know how human. the other day, Steffi, you asked about what alpha widowing is. So, in a way, that would sort of be alpha widowing me. Like this space would be alpha widowing me into not being able to mm. find somebody in real life because I would be so accustomed to the discussions here. Yeah, it's almost like we're all just one like uh like singular human being like all chatting with you and it's like we're these like little people on the internet of this little uh but it's all coming out of your phone, right? Like it's like yeah. conversation of people that is always like one blob at some level. Um okay. I'm going to make a call really quick. I'm going to see if <laughs> if I get answered. Um, and then I'll probably just, I'll probably be back on here within 30 seconds because I have a feeling I'm not going to get answered, but that's fine. Well, it's 2.30 where you are, right? So. Yeah, it's 2.30 where he is too, so. That's what I'm saying, like, it's, is he going to wake up? I don't, he should be awake. He should be studying or thinking about me. So, yeah, he should be awake. Is he thinking about you though? This is the thing. Hmm. Uh, I guess we're going to find out. All right, she's trying right now, Bruce. What do you think? She needs to unmute herself and let us into her world. Yes. Yeah, she'd have to be on a different phone, though, right? Oh, Stevie's hanging out today, too. Hey, Stevie. Mm. <laughs> it's like this uh, kind of like silence where we wait for to find out how this funny phone call happens. An intermission, if you will. <laughs> intermission. It's like, go get a drink. I still think this guy would be a funny character to have on. Can anyone fill me in on what frog Twitter actually is? I don't know what frog Twitter is. Mm. Have you seen the Pepe the Frog memes? With like... Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it was like a, I don't know, a French thing or something. Yeah, it kind of went to... It went from like a benign thing to a crypto thing to like, I don't know why, but like some sort of 4chan alt-right thing for a little while. Most people just think of it as like crypto memes and shit like that. But there's, for some reason, a group of people that like picked it up as like a weird, like political thing. And it's like kind of a, I don't know, it's like, is it like a male chauvinist type of group or something like that? I don't know. Either way, it's gay. Um, <laughs> it just makes no sense. Like, uh, yeah, it's this weird sort of like cultish sort of crowd. I don't know. I don't really understand it. Mostly it's just like folks compensating for something or the other. Or the other. Interesting. And they just collect around the, the Pepe symbol. It's the 
Okay. Yeah, I tried to warn Ed about this, but you know, she's not listening to me. Oh well, which is actually interesting because she's more of a, uh, a little bit more, uh, certainly more left than right. That's for sure. And so I'm not really sure. Like, um, I don't know. I don't know how deep the rabbit hole or the frog hole or whatever. Okay, I yeah, okay, I'm back. Go. This stupid fucker. Oh, so here I we go. call him two times in a row. Immediately goes to voicemail. I'm thinking. Hmm. Okay, I have a feeling he sent me to voicemail, but let's check. I send him a text, immediately delivers. That stupid fuck. That means I called and he, both times, immediately sent me to voicemail. Stupid whore. I hope he fucking gets hit by a bus on his way back home tonight. Dumbass I like being Addy. It's fun. No, you, this is not fun. This is stupid and annoying and fucking rude. And I can't even leave a voicemail. Mm. I, I, I consider myself kind of like maybe libertarian leaning maybe towards right, I would think, <laughs> to some extent. And I still think it's a bad idea <laughs> to kind of get involved with this guy. But I don't know. <laughs> Addie thinks, oh, yeah, you're just sabotaging this because you like me or some shit. And I'm like, oh, OK, all right. Um, I'm trying to warn her and she doesn't want to listen. But whatever. We just always choose the wrong people. I think it's just a woman thing. No, yeah. I don't. I don't think that. I just think. I like. I know. I know what he is. You know, I already know. I that said. I texted him and I said, "Answer me. I'm drunk and horny." And then I said, "Declining my phone calls is pussy and retarded and mean." So hopefully, <laughs> you hopefully said this. What? You said this. Yeah, I sent. I I texted him that. I like that. Let's see how it goes. You think probably, he's like, I text him I text him shit like that all the time. Okay. So cool. he'll probably won't answer. Whatever. And then like just keep drinking, I guess. Maybe he thinks you're just too much of a drama queen. What do you think? <sighs> no, Steffi, he doesn't think that. You sure? Well, I don't know. One time he Maybe. did say that it sounds like <laughs> every time he calls me, he was like, Every time I talk to you, it sounds like you're in a crisis. I was like, that's just the way my voice sounds. I'm not in a crisis. I just, I'm just like that. <laughs> I don't know. He could use a little bit of crisis, crisis in his life. Mm, that's a, that's a great uh, way to say it, actually. I like that. Well, men are so boring, you know, like his, his life is, hold on, I'm opening a LaCroix to put in my put my drink if you're listening to this i won't say your name since i'm good and i won't dox you but if you're listening and everybody else he's so boring you know his life is so boring at the moment that he could really use some excitement and what is he in like law school or some shit yeah boring as fuck yeah, t14 spending all your days studying yeah you could use like a girl that's like hot and wants to have a lot of sex and would come down to see you yeah so explain so. the doxing thing to me is it because like he's somebody everybody would know or is it um it's not necessarily that it's that he has an account that is very controversial and he's um and it's a pretty large account, from my understanding, um, in a sphere that's controversial. And he, his real, in his real life, 
is at a pretty um, prestigious law school and has a pretty, pretty kind of like set in stone sort of future ahead of him. So he wouldn't want um, anything sort of being tied back to that, which is totally understandable. And I think that in today's political environment, there's really no, there's not a ton of room for free speech on one end of the spectrum, even though I'm on the other end. Especially in New York. Yeah. (laughs) Even though I'm on the other end of the spectrum, but I do, you know, I, I see where he, where he's coming from in that, in that. Yeah. New York, Massachusetts, most of the professional schools there, universities are pretty ultra leftist for the most part. Um, I think, let me think, is there, is that, is there any exception to that? Mm, no, Brown, Yale, Columbia. No, Brown especially, yeah, all of them are super. Princeton, Harvard. Mm, if yeah, anything, most of the. If anything, Harvard would actually be the school where, no, uh, Yale, maybe. Harvard or Yale would be the ones where maybe there's a higher concentration of um, sort of dissident people, but generally speaking the northeast is not the area the east yeah i told you right my my son got into these things but decided not to go part because of like just you know the ridiculous politics he doesn't agree with but also just uh and he's i would say more he's more neutral like myself but just like the absurdity of it all but also just because like well he got his school paid for it so he's like whatever i'm just gonna go get i'm gonna go take the money uh this is a mix of things but yeah, it's, but uh, yeah, all of those northeastern schools are that way to some extent. But yeah, free speech, get out of here. Like you feel just uh, so if you you don't even have to be particularly like like ultra right or alt right or something weird. You can just simply be um, basically if you go to law school in those areas, um, you'd want to basically come off as some sort of like quasi communist on paper, like in your essays, in your writings. Because this, because subconsciously, the people that are grading you are going to grade like negatively, even if, or or you can't be sure they won't grade negatively, just because there's like an eighteen to one left to right ratio in most of those universities. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's but like the it's sim- even also like socially, it's really difficult. Yeah. I know that frog the other day he was talking to one of his classmates who even she was she was worked for she like works for a republican org and she was asking him some questions and he answered honestly and she basically called him a nazi Um, even though like none of his answers were his answers were just like yeah i think we should have we should have limit like limits on legal immigration and stuff like that. And he got called a right. Nazi because of it. So yeah. it's kind of like, even though <laughs> like, I'm sure if she knew some of his actual <laughs> viewpoints, no, so like, even so more appalled, but it's like, like stuff my, like that. You can't for say my older anything. son, Eddie, like for my older son, I like, I kind of trained him about this stuff on interviews and things. The reason he's able to get in everywhere is because like, I literally told him what's, you know, like <laughs> I literally taught him exactly how to do it. Like he doesn't need to call one of those like fucking like counselors or whatever, like you pay to get into Ivy league schools. Like I can, I can make that happen. So I, I kind of told him, I was like, well, here's the thing. This is what you don't say. This is what you say. Bottom line is on paper. You have to be either sort of reasonably center or left. Wait, do you guys, but sorry. If, do you guys want to hear what he said to me after? Oh, okay, here we go. What did he say? <laughs> Nobody wants to hear me. What, do you, what did he say? <laughs> he said, Phone on, do not disturb. I can call tomorrow. Reading about, (laughs) 
reading about federal jurisdiction right now. And this is why he needs a girl like me in his life, because he's reading about federal jurisdiction on a Saturday night. Pretty typical of professional school. Either that or he's fucking <laughs> someone else and he's just telling you stories. Well, he better not be telling me stories. Why would you even suggest that, Sefi? If it was if it was me, I was studying at two thirty in the morning. I would definitely have taken your phone call. I'm just saying. Well, he like, has I'm not trying to simp with you or anything either. Tonight. By the way, so fuck off. Well, but, like, coming up preemptively. We, last time we okay, my door is about to squeak really loud. Um, oh, last time we tried to talk while he was studying. Um. I could tell that it was really difficult for him. And so I was the one that was like, how about we just talk when you're not studying? Because I felt bad because I could tell he was trying to focus and, but also trying to pay attention to the conversation. So, Ooh, I just kicked something. I don't know. Yeah. Do you really think he's lying to me? Well, Yeah. <laughs> because like you think he's lying what do you, do you think he's with another girl like what do you he, mean he's not he's not that busy to where like a minute he wouldn't have wanted to hear your voice Tuffy, i'm gonna fucking like, kill you <laughs> like ignoring a text message is gay like it's just it's not good well like, he didn't no he answered my text message mm, yeah i know but like but just texting you back makes no sense at all uh, like, like instead you, of just calling back yeah you can hear a voice for a minute well, he might see that I'm on a Twitter space. Maybe. I don't know. Last time he was like, I was, it was like, we were on a Twitter space. And then he was, I was trying to get him to come on. And he said, how about you just call me? And then we can like talk there instead. So I called him and then I could tell that he was having trouble focusing. And so I said, frog. <laughs> It's so funny calling him Frog. Frog, I can tell you're having trouble focusing. Um, do you want me to hang up? Like, I, I, I want you to be able to focus. And he said, Addie, <laughs> yeah, I thought this, I thought this was going to be easier than it was, blah, blah, blah. And he said, okay, you can go back to your Twitter space. I'll call you back later. So maybe he knows I'm on a Twitter space. I don't know. Maybe he didn't want to call to interrupt. Maybe, wait, is Zara back? Wait, Zara, Zara, do do I feel like I just saw her do something. Maybe she just rolled over though. <laughs> I think she's asleep. Did you guys see that? I thought I saw her react. I don't know what she's doing. Zara, if you're here, please react. I miss you. Maybe she didn't. She needs like yeah. you need a wing girl or something. Melanie's here. <laughs> I know. I love Melanie too, but I was just yeah. like, I I thought I saw it and I was so excited for a second because like clearly she's asleep. Um but yeah, so maybe that was the reason. I don't know. He texted me back pretty quickly after I texted him. He texted me five minutes after I texted him. Except the thing about the do not disturb that I don't understand is that usually if you call twice, it'll push your phone call through and it'll ring. And my phone call didn't ring. So whatever. It's fine. But I don't believe him. How many times did you call? I called twice, but I did wait a couple of minutes in between the phone call. I think you have to call back to back. I think oh, it's just my like right. anecdotal experience, just like with with myself, maybe. Stephanie's so like, but, he doesn't fucking like you, you stupid bitch. He hates you. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck so, you. Anyway. <laughs> okay, Stephanie, sorry, what were you gonna say? I'm just a little drunk, Sefi. I'm sorry. 
Sefi, are you drunk too? Uh, no, not yet. I'm always sober in these places. I'm the only drunk bitch on this space. It's a bit disturbing sometimes. I'm like, I'm stone cold sober. Talking I'm about this sex shit. And, and you guys hammered. are like drunk as hell. I'm yeah. hammered. Not totally hammered. I sounded like Trump when I just said totally. <laughs> um, but I'm pretty drunk. I know Melanie's at work, so she's probably not drunk. Mm. Are you still at work, Melanie? Yeah, I have one of my patients, demented patients, Ugh. next to me, too. Oh. So we're just enjoying the space. Just enjoying, <laughs> enjoying the background noise. Are they listening as well? Are yeah, they listening? Well, we put it louder. <laughs> really? <laughs> no way. Yes. I imagine you had an earphone in or Sefi. Hey, guys. That's actually really funny. <laughs> hey, what's up? Hello. All, all good, all good, Sefi. Sefi, quick question. Um, I'll just send you a DM. I just have a requirement for a couple of devs for uh, Cosmos. Can you help? Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> Hang on. I want to cancel that conversation. Melanie, I want to know more about your situation. Like, what are you? What are you doing exactly? What, are you playing the space out loud to patients? Like, what's happening? Linda was walking in here. You here? Oh my god, yep. she's actually there for real. Yeah, well, that's so. She's funny. hearing you now. She's hearing you now as well, Adi. So say hello. Hi. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Oh my god, my cat just lost it. Sorry. That one's me. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> so the thing I'm imagining is is Melanie's walking around a ward, and she's playing these through the loud. She's playing this space through the loudspeakers, so like the ward of fifty residents can all hear. And it's giving them a sense of like solidarity and hope. Well, she's the only one that won't go to bed. And, you know, I don't, we can, you know, put the bed alarm and have her get up a hundred times or I can just sit here and we can just listen to the space together. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. If I were a patient, I think I'd, I would be kind of happy if a nurse came and was like, I'm going to listen to my Twitter space. Do you mind? I would say absolutely not. I would love to hear your Twitter space. I think it's I'd be amazing. thrilled. Hey, hey, good morning. Good morning, no. No, it's my first time here. Wait up. Hey, Bruce, I'm getting a, a call that I might have to run for. So if I drop, then uh, just make a new space. Steffi, or... nobody cares about your patience. Can you just decline the call? What hey, if, what, Addy, what, periodically what, there's something I have to do. Addy, what, what would you do if you found out that it was the frog calling Sefi for cyber sex? Oh my god. Right as you said that, another guy that I'm dating tried to FaceTime me. I declined it, but um, and he just texted me, SMH. It's like, this is probably how the frog feels when I call him. But we're in opposite situations here, <laughs> where I don't want to talk to the other guy I'm dating. He goes, this retard, I'm not in this city, so this isn't a late night. Just wanted to chat. Meaning, like, he's not in New York right now, so he's not calling me to see if I'll come over. He's just calling me to, like, chat. I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to my Twitter friends. Um. Anyway, if it was the frog calling Sefi and the frog was dying... I'm not dying, just wanted cyber sex. Oh, wait, what do you mean? I'm confused. Frog, frog ignores your calls, and then he calls up <laughs> Sefi for cyber sex. Oh, um, 
I I think my analytical brain, like I know you hate when I go into that space, but that's like my first reaction would probably say, why is he calling Sefi? How does he know who Sefi is? How did he get Sefi's number mm. before I got Sefi's number? Is he was he familiar with Sefi? Bef- did he know Sefi before I knew Sefi? I'll tell you how he was. He's been lurking in these spaces and he DM'd him from an alt account and they got to know each other and uh, found they shared the same political ideology <laughs> and that Steffi is willing to fund his, his campaigning. Mm. Okay. And then, like, and then, like, Frog was like, hang on, what's in it for you? So Steffi then made the suggestion that, you know, that maybe FaceTime three times a week, a bit of cyber sex and stuff. So that's how it all started. Okay, so here's my question, because this is important. Does, does Steffi and Frog know that this is, like, the frog in question? Because... The thing is, yes. oh, they know. Yeah, so, he had to so tell I'm basically, so, so I'm basically, so I'm basically getting cucked. That's what's happening. Yeah, you're getting cucked. Yeah, that's not okay with me. I'd be really mad. <laughs> really, even though you respect Sefi, like, don't you respect both of these guys? Yeah, but they're cucking me. I'm not involved in this in any sense. That's not okay with me. Yeah, but. Like- but like you respect Sefi, he's an accomplished guy, a doctor. He's all this life experience and stuff. Like, to you, you shouldn't be upset about being cucked by Sefi because you should see Sefi is above you a little bit. Yeah, but like, isn't that where the cucking hurts? Like, if you see somebody <laughs> that's better than you, like having sex no. with the person you want to have sex with, that kind of hurts you emotionally. No, I, I'd just be respectful. I'd be like, well. Sefi's older than me. He's like, you know, um, had a lot of experience and life experience. He can teach me a lot. Like, it's, if mm. I'm going to be cucked by someone, at least have it be that guy. I think that I would be thinking, well, first I'd be thinking, why am I getting cucked by a man? Like, why is another man cucking me? Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part three of the three part Chepe Space. Started out, where's the coach? Ended up, do men deserve rights? I don't fucking know the answer to either of those questions still. Recorded on Saturday, October 1st, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Down the street in my six foe. I never had a six foe. A kid can wish though. I snapped the wishbone and grabbed a fistful. Chilling with the dopey, this a weed is all I wish for. I'm feeling blissful. I got a missus. My ginger always down to ride no matter what the mission. I'm singing this song. Got a couple albums out. We do all right, but it ain't really shit to write home about. Like to feed the fishbowl. Keep my stories mystical. I like my beats. Boom, bap and rap to be lyrical. I'm feeling cynical. Craving a little ritual. Save my place in line while I try to find a miracle. I keep looking and looking and looking, but never find nothing. We've been lied to, thinking this surprise under super secret lies. Motherfucker sneak inside, going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Trend. 
inches Trying to stay offensive Trespassing here like this land looks expensive Ain't no time like the present Trying to stake a claim Just make sure your claim stays away from all these other claims We're almost kind of running out of land here Living in the day of the dead and it's damn weird Same teams y'all, we just trying to get a bite to eat A little rest saved up, waiting for my time to sleep Head down, middle fingers up, yo I'm wide awake Never hesitate to stay about a hundred miles away Seven time and space, while the wrecking ball the place I expect you all to play, running marathons today When the sick get sicker and the rich get richer It might be about time to rearrange our dinner Fix the system, the shit, it's all nixed Waking up early, gonna suck today's Going dark now, believe me when I say the shit is do or die Going dark now, believe me when I say the shit is do or die Gonna take care of Angela, man. He's he's great. He's a wonderful lab partner, so it's gonna be cool. We'll keep an eye on her. Why don't you go fuck yourself, you weird little prick? I'm a teacher, okay? You can't talk to me like that guy. I'm not a student, so I can say whatever the fuck I want. Two spaces.